Hello, everyone. This is Diane with InStrive, a senior therapeutic weight loss specialist in our Muncie office. And today I would like to get into our second part in our holiday themed podcast episodes uh, for Halloween. And that is going to be the top 10 scariest foods you should eliminate from your diet right now. So we're going to go through some foods today that are really just things that have no place as part of a healthy, especially weight loss uh, friendly diet. And of course, you know, we all know that things in moderation are never really a big deal. So as I'm going through this, please keep that in mind. There are a few of them that I would say the substitutions that we're going to give you and that we're going to talk about are so good that I don't even know what the reason would be to add these things back in. But again, um, if it's something that you enjoy and something that you want to have every once in a while, moderation is key. But these are some of the worst of the worst that we're going to talk about today. And definitely things that I would recommend cutting out of your diet as much as possible. So the first one is non-dairy creamer. And you know what I'm talking about, those little either powders or um, the little uh, ones that are in the little cups that don't ever seem to expire. They've been thrown out at the gas station. They've been sitting there all day, but they're still good. And you're like, how is that possible? How is that not needing to be refrigerated? Uh, they're convenient. I think that's why people use them. There's probably some laying in your desk drawer at work right now. But I got to tell you, you want to get those things out of there, toss them out. Those last forever coffee creamers are typically made from partially hydrogenated oils. In other words, trans fats. And we all know trans fats are really, really bad. They raise your risk of developing heart disease or stroke. They elevate your bad cholesterol, your LDL or low density liposide cholesterol. Uh, you want to skip those chemical nightmares and you want to reach for the half and half instead. That half and half um is really going to be a better option it's a it's a healthy fat it's going to help to um you know get the metabolism going if you're not adding a ton of it healthy fat actually has that effect on your metabolic system it is a fuel source so your body uses it like a fuel source and it does power up the metabolic system when you have the right balance of healthy fat in your diet and half and half is a healthy fat and I, for that LDL cholesterol, guys, I think I said, I think I said the wrong last word. It's low density lipoprotein. <laughs> I don't know what I said there, but anyway, LDLs are the bad cholesterol. HDLs are the good cholesterol, but LDLs are in abundance in non-dairy creamer. So uh, non-dairy creamer should never be your first choice. If there's another option, make sure you're taking that, throw that stuff away. It's terrible for you. Number two, margarine. Oh, if I could have a dollar for every time my clients come in here and tell me that they use margarine and not butter because margarine is healthier for you. No, absolutely not. Margarine is a man-made chemical mess, more or less. Uh, margarine is nothing that you want to be messing with because consuming margarine increases the risk for coronary heart disease. And again, it contains trans fats. So the more solid the margarine, the more trans fats that it's going to include. Uh, so if you have some of those that are like that, I can't believe it's not butter whipped or, you know, something like that. Yes, the trans fat amount in that is going to be less than it would be in a stick of firm margarine. But margarine is not good for you. Butter is a much, much better choice. 
When butter is consumed in reasonable amounts, very few links between butter consumption and heart disease have been connected. The same cannot be said for margarine. Margarine is a direct tie into causing a higher risk of heart disease. So let's get rid of the margarine. Use real butter. You just got to like use it in moderation. You can't be Paula Dean. You can't stick a whole stick of butter in everything that you cook. If you use it in moderation, it's fine. It's a healthy fat, just like half and half. So good for you in moderation, but get rid of the margarine. Number three, hot dogs. Okay. First of all, what the heck is a hot dog, right? What is that pinkish brown mystery meat? We uh, And when I was a kid, I'm sure you guys know too. Y'all were kids before as well. I can remember my siblings, neighbor kids. We'd all tease each other and talk about, you know, what was in there, like eyeballs and beaks and, you know, all the gross parts of the animal. And you'd always be like, how's that hot dog? You know what's in that? <laughs> but we weren't too far from being accurate, unfortunately, because hot dogs are made from the trimmings of the better cuts of beef, chicken, pork, what, whatever, you know, happens to be in the particular brand that you're buying um, that make up like those, those better cuts of meat, all the stuff that falls to the, the, the table or, you know, unfortunately, even sometimes the floor of the, that area where they're cutting these cuts of meat, all of that gets ground down and it gets mixed with nitrates, which help the meat proteins to bond together so it makes it stick into that shape into that um, you know firm meat stick that a hot dog is the thing with hot dogs is first of all yes they do use some very undesirable parts of animals so they're very high in saturated fat super high in sodium so oh, off the chart with sodium and they do contain many many nitrates which is a preservative directly linked to cancer and that's not just coming from me, guys. That's coming from the National Cancer Institute. Foods that contain a high abundance of nitrates are cancer-causing. So uh, hot dogs are really like low on the totem pole as far as healthy choices when you're looking to eat meat. There's so many better options out there. But listen, they taste good. I mean, I know based on what's in them, they shouldn't, right? Which should taste terrible, but they don't. They taste really good, especially right off the grill. And look, I love a good hot dog every now and again. I'm sure that you guys do too. So if you want to have a hot dog, but you want to avoid all this terrible for you nonsense, there are some really good all beef varieties that, you know, will not contain a lot of these things that are much, much better for you in terms of health. And of course, for your diet, the best one all around, the one that wins the most, you know, gold stars, as far as being a, a healthier option is the brand Sabret, Sabret Skinless Beef Frankfurters. Those are actually really decent hot dogs. They are not on the same list, not even in the same, you know, stratosphere as some of these really cheap brands. So those are really okay. Uh, the other is the Hebrew National All Natural Uncured Beef Franks. Those are a very close second. So I like the skinless option more on the Sabrats, but the Hebrew Nationals are also, you know, good cut to me, good quality, much less saturated fat, not loaded with sodium and nitrates, a lot better for you. Again, hot dogs should be consumed in moderation every now and again, even if you are eating the healthier variety. Potato chips. Oh, this is a huge one, guys. Potato chips are probably one of the worst foods for us. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but a big one is 
you can't eat just one serving, right? That, that's about 18 chips. And most of us just can't stop there, especially if you're eating like those salt and vinegar kind. Oh my gosh, right? Good luck if you're eating those and you want to stop at 18 chips because we all know we have our favorite variety of potato chips. Mine would have to be those. I like the salt and vinegar and I also like the plain ones. But, um, you know, what I tend to do is buy a kind that I don't like for my children. Because, you know, kids, teenagers, they eat them. I, I wish I could get my kids not to, but they're teenagers. And I, when I was a teenager, I ate like that too, you know, and they don't live on potato chips, but yeah, they do eat them. But if I buy a kind I don't like, I find that I don't eat them. So I'm not the one with my hand in the bag. The kids are, but back back to the point here. One serving of chips is about 18 chips. Most of us do not stop there, especially if we're buying a variety of chip that we really enjoy. And of course, if you're buying it for your home and for yourself, you're buying your favorite. You're not buying what you don't like. Uh, let's stick with those salt and vinegar chips for a minute. They contain 500 milligrams of sodium and about a quarter teaspoon of salt, which is about one third of the total milligrams of sodium that the heart uh, American Heart Association says the average adult should aim for in a day. So that's a third of your salt intake for one day. That's if you stick to 18 chips. We all know that you're not sticking to 18 chips. So chips, when you're eating them, you're consuming a ton of sodium and uh, salt. And you're getting those, you know, listen, salt in general has been linked to some issues with heart disease. Now, there's also a lot of evidence that, that it doesn't have a strong link. But regardless, overconsumption of salt is going to cause some other things too. You're going to notice fluid retention. You're going to notice that your weight goes up for, for sure. If you have meals that are very salty one day and you get on the scale the next day, I promise you that number is going to be higher. Um, but really, the potato chips also are going to add excess pounds to your bodies and more so than even sugary drinks like soda processed meats, red meat, or other foods, because they contain a lot of fat, lots of calories, lots of fat, very low nutritional value. So potato chips are easy to overeat on. They contain nothing really that's good for us. And they definitely are linked to obesity much higher than even some things like soda that you would think would be real high on that list. So I know if you're like me, sometimes that salty craving just hits and you want something. There's not a lot that satisfies that like a potato chip does, but there are some things that I can recommend that you can try. So the first one is kale chips. I know, I know what you're thinking, but trust me, when you really want a potato chip, sometimes it's more that crunchy salty than it is the actual chip. So if you're going for that variety, the kale chip, it, you're not going to want to overeat it. I mean, most people aren't going to dive into a bag of kale chips and down like half a bag. That's, it's not that kind of appeal, but it will satisfy that salty, crunchy craving that you're looking for. Now, for people who are on, um, you know, are active fat loss, I can't say that I recommend doing this as a regular part of your diet. There's, there's something else I'm going to talk about in a minute that would be a better option for that. But I do think that the kale chip once in a while to satisfy that craving is much better than grabbing for the bag of potato chips. Uh, next thing is mixed nuts. Now, nuts you got to be careful with because they are really, really high in fat. 
and you can definitely overeat nuts pretty easily. That's definitely one that you can overeat without really giving much effort to. So you don't want to, um, you know, go too crazy there, but a little bit of those salty mixed nuts also will hit that crunchy, salty craving and take care of it. That's okay for those of you that are on, um, you know, active fat loss, as long as you are not going nuts with it. You don't want to go nuts with it. You just want to, you know, be real careful with that and just have a little bit. So last thing is cucumber slices. I really enjoy this one. And I got to tell you that I thought to myself, if I'm in the mood for something crunchy and salty and you tell me, oh no, you shouldn't have a uh, potato chip. You should have some cucumber slices. I would have been like, come on, right? Come on, cucumber slices. You really think that's going to satisfy me? Believe it or not, it does pretty good. It really does pretty good. And what I like to do with mine, and you can, of course, do whatever you know you think would work best for you. But what, what I like to do with mine is I like to soak them in a little bit of vinegar. And then I like to top them with a little bit of the pink Himalayan sea salt. I kind of shake them up a little bit, put them in the refrigerator. And then when I'm really getting a craving, I can pull some of those out. And it's sort of like having salt and vinegar chips, not really much healthier, but it does satisfy again, that craving when you really are just oh my goodness, I just need something. It's a good way to get that craving taken care of without feeling like you are completely blowing your diet. So that, that would be something I would highly recommend. All right, next one, fried chicken. Fried chicken is really a problem because not only is it coated in flour, but it's fried in a sizzling bath of hot oil. <laughs> so it really is one of the unhealthiest meals that you can possibly indulge in. But fried chicken is considered, I mean, chicken, I'm sorry, not fried chicken. Chicken is considered a healthier alternative to red meat because it's lower in saturated fat than beef. And it's a really good source of protein. So people gravitate toward chicken a lot of times because they think they're doing something better than eating that red meat. However, when you do what we just talked about, when you coat it in flour and you deep fry it in oil, you just turn that nutritious protein into one of the most unhealthy meals on the planet. Because when you batter and fry chicken in oil, the food is going to absorb a lot of fat. So it boosts the calorie content of the meal, huge. And also, aside from calorie and fat content, when you're frying foods at a high temperature in oils like vegetable oil, canola oil, corn oil, which most people fry their chicken in vegetable oil or any kind of seed oils like sesame or grapeseed, it forms trans fats. And trans fats, of course, are associated, as we said, with increased risk of heart disease, cancer, obesity, stroke. There's a lot of evidence that trans fats are a big, big problem. So the, what happens is that when you're frying those things in that oil and the trans fats form, all of that gets absorbed into the food. So you're eating a lot of bad things. And the saturated fats from the skin on the chicken are also going to raise up, again, the bad cholesterol, the LDL, the low density lipoproteins that are in that food. And that contributes to plaque in your arteries of your heart. And it puts you at a higher risk for heart disease and stroke. 
So believe it or not, fried chicken can be so bad for you that they did a study on how much it changed your health if you consumed one or more servings of it a day. And what they found was if you were eating one or more servings of fried chicken a day, you have a 13% higher risk of death from any cause, from any illness, any disease, 13% higher risk of death and a 12% higher risk of a heart-related death compared to if you were not eating fried food. So I'm telling you guys, if you're going to avoid something, avoid this. This has to be a huge in moderation food for you. This cannot be a regular part of your diet. And while I can't give you an exact replica to replace this one, you know, I gave you some options for some of the other ones. I mean, I think most of us know that baking chicken instead of frying it is much, much better for your health. And it can still taste really great. You can still do like a roasted you know, or grilled chicken that tastes amazing. I like to, what I like to do with mine, um, and I do this a lot because it's a very easy dinner for myself and my family. So I will take a sheet pan and I'll top it with parchment paper. I'll spray it with, you know, nonstick cooking spray. I take a pound or more of chicken tenders, boneless, stick, skinless chicken tenders. I cut them into, um, you cut each of them. If they're thick, you cut them in half and then cut them in pieces so that they're not big pieces. Mix that with whatever veggies you like. Usually in my house, my kids are uh, prone to liking certain vegetables. So a big one that I will use, and I know those of you on fat loss are going to be going, wait, 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 you know what you can have and what you can't have, guys. So if I'm saying a vegetable that is not on plan for you right now, don't use it, okay? Use the vegetables you know you are allowed to have. Those of you on maintenance, like myself, that's where these are an okay option. So I will put in carrots, I will put in green beans. I will put in potatoes, red skin potatoes. And I will mix that usually with some olive oil and a seasoning of choice. A big one for us that we use is the ranch packets, or we will use like the French onion packets, like for the French onion soup. And I'll mix all that together. I coat it really well. I lay it out flat on that parchment paper so that nothing is overlapping. And then I roast it in the oven at 425 on the lowest rack for about 35 minutes. That will make a beautiful, healthy dinner loaded with good protein, loaded with good vegetables. None of the nasty things that we're talking about in fried chicken. And I promise you, it tastes just as good. So if you're looking for something to do that's healthier, bake that chicken or grill it for sure. Roast it, bake it, grill it, do something better. All right, next one, donuts. Donuts, uh, I mean, I think the name is going to tip you off why they're pretty darn bad for you. Dough. They're made of white flour, sugar, and vegetable shortening, and then they're deep fried. So donut, <laughs> I mean, just listen to that. White flour, sugar, and vegetable shortening, then deep fried. There's nothing about that that sounds healthy. So, of course, this means that donuts are going to contain those worst type of fats, those trans fats. So it's going to increase your bad cholesterol. It's going to lower your good cholesterol. It's going to really mess with your weight. If you're eating a lot of donuts, you can't get skinny on donuts, guys. You can't have a healthy, lean body when you are consuming too many donuts. They're just not good for you. So I know sometimes we need a little bit of indulgence, need a little cheat. Listen, having one once in a while is not the end of the world, all right? But they are pretty bad for you. So if we're looking for a healthier alternative when that craving hits, 
I like baked donuts and I literally do this at home. I have a great little pan that I got actually from Pampered Chef. I'm sure you can get them anywhere, but uh, it's a donut pan and it bakes up donuts. So I've found that you can uh, mix up a really healthy dough using something with whole grain flour, minimal amounts of butter or oil. Um, you know, you can add just a little bit of sweetness using something a little healthier like stevia or, uh, you know, for those of you on maintenance, honey, something that's not quite as hardcore as a whole lot of sugar, just adds a little bit more sweetness in a healthier way. So if you're baking your donuts, you're cutting out a lot of problems there and using a whole grain flour or an almond flour, small amounts of butter or oil, you can keep it pretty healthy, but you can still get that craving satisfied. One of the ones I like a lot is doing like a homemade lemon donut. I do a lemon poppy seed donut and my kids love it. I love it. It's much, much better for us than going to Dunkin'. So uh, most definitely, if you are someone who likes to bake, someone who enjoys that kind of thing, look up some healthy baked donut recipes and look for one of those donut pans because they're, they're inexpensive, but they're really great. And it would help to take care of that craving for you. All right, deli meats. Cured lunch meat contains a preservative called sodium nitrate. Sodium nitrate can trigger chronic inflammation in the arteries. It can lead to... Um, the plaque buildup in the arteries, it can lead to the narrowing of the arteries. But if you really are someone who likes to have sandwich meat on hand, you really should look for a better option. There are some brands like Boar's Head that will have ones that don't contain sodium nitrates or that are cut right off the, like I've seen ones that are off the bone, it's called, where literally it's cut right from the turkey. Or, I mean, ham is pretty, a lot of hams have a lot of stuff in them you don't want any part of. But, you know, if you can get ones that are uncured and, and things of that nature and are not containing these things, most definitely there are some decent lunch meats out there that you can have on hand if that's something that really appeals to you to have. Uh, you can't just go to the store though and buy the cheapest option you find on the shelf. That, I guarantee you, the ones that you're getting that are real inexpensive and, you know, are not listing what they have in them or do not have in them are the ones you want to avoid. Avoid, 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 because we don't want you consuming a lot of things that are gonna cause all kinds of problems in your body. And lunch meat is such a popular item. We buy so much of it every year and so many people consume it almost daily. So you want to make sure what you're putting in your body is in alignment with your health and wellness goals. So be careful with those lunch meats, guys. They're not great. This one's kind of a no-brainer. We have a couple more here. This one is kind of a no-brainer, but it's a really bad food. Really, really, really bad. So I want to address it because even though you guys know it, it's amazing how much we all still eat it. So I want to kind of get it out there and just remind you of how bad this actually is. And that's cheese fries. So cheese fries is literally the number one appetizer sold at restaurants across the nation. It ranks higher than any other appetizer on the menu. People are eating them like crazy. You know, you go to any fast food restaurant like Arby's. You can definitely order cheese right along with your French fries. I know that um, some don't offer that, but many do. So 
why is it so bad? Well, I, I think that's, again, something I don't really need to tell you, but let's get into it. So first of all, it's no surprise that French fries are not great for you. You're taking potatoes, which are fairly healthy, but still a lot of carbohydrate. You are sometimes battering them. There's a lot of times they put a batter on those fries, which of course contains flour and things of that nature that you don't really want in there. Um, but sometimes you don't batter them. Okay. Sometimes you just fry them either way that potato is absorbing a ton of that vegetable. And remember what we said about vegetable oil at high heat, trans fat, and the potato is absorbing all of that trans fat. That in and of itself is bad enough. But then you decide to glob on some gooey, salty cheese sauce. Let's talk about just a store-bought cheese sauce, like the Kraft Cheese Whiz in the can or whatever. That would contain 430 milligrams of sodium, which is 19% of your daily recommended value of sodium. That's if you are having one serving. It also contains almost 10% of your daily recommended fats. Again, one serving. And that's all before the French fries. That's just the cheese. Now you're adding in those salty fried French fries you're piling a bunch of cheese on there and I guarantee you, you're using more than just one serving on a plate full of fries. And by the time you're done eating those things, you've consumed a massive amount of salt, of sodium, of trans fat, of saturated fat. So cheese fries are something that really is in need of being extremely, extremely occasional and very small quantities when you do indulge. You don't want to sit down and consume a big plate of cheese fries on a regular basis, not just for your weight, but for your health in general. They're they're really, really bad for you guys. Uh, again, I don't have a great alternative for that. One thing I will say is uh, if I want French fries, I use my air fryer. I, I don't know if you guys have an air fryer. I swear by my air fryer because sometimes you do want something like that. You know, sometimes it just appeals to you and you're like, wow, I'm really craving this, this thing. And I really can't get it out of my mind. So I'm, I just want to make a little bit of it and have it over with. I always use the air fryer and I use an oil spray. I spray the French fries and the air fryer with some olive oil spray, just a little bit. And typically if you preheat your air fryer for about five minutes on 400, you add those fries, you spray them with a little of the olive oil, close it up, just be, be uh, mindful not to open and close and shake too much. Usually if your air fryer is a pretty decent one like mine, it will tell you when it's time to shake. Uh, but if you shake too much, you can actually destroy them. You can get them so they're not cooking you know, through and they start ripping apart and things like that. But using the air fryer cuts a lot of the fat, a lot of the calories. It makes something that's a super unhealthy option a little bit healthier. And I'm not really, I, I mean, I know you guys are probably thinking I'm un-American saying this, but I got to say, I'm not really a cheese fry person. I would much rather my fries with ketchup than I would with cheese on them. But if you are a cheese person and you really, really want something like that, I would say to try to find a healthier alternative. I'm sure that you know, the cheese sauces they sell that are ready made, I guarantee you there's some that will say a third less fat or, you know, low sodium or whatever on them. Look for something like that and use it very sparingly. You don't want to use much uh, and, and don't pour it on top of them. Put it on the side 
a little bit on the side and just dip very little on each one. So they're not loaded with and covered in it. Uh, or melt some just shredded cheese on top instead of using one of those sodium packed, you know, cheesy melt things. So you just sprinkle a little bit of your favorite shredded cheese on top and let it melt for a few seconds. You know, that then you're controlling, you know how much is there. If you're using a quarter cup, you know exactly what's in a quarter cup of cheese. You're not dumping massive amounts of this stuff on there. So just be mindful of your consumption. And if at all possible, try to do it a healthier way. Don't force yourself to never have it again. Just look for ways to make it better for you. All right, next one, sugar-coated cereal. This is number nine. We have one more after this. Sugar-coated cereals like Fruit Loops, Tricks, um, Pops, you know, what ones do my kids like? The Reese's, peanut butter pops or something. I don't know. I don't eat them, but they do uh, on occasion. I don't let them have them every day. <laughs> but you guys know that if you're eating a bowl of sugary coated puff, you're getting no fiber, you're getting a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar. And that is why I would say this is considered one of the worst breakfasts for weight loss. So instead of reaching for that bowl of sugar coated cereal, what I would recommend if you don't have time to do like uh, egg whites or eggs in the morning, because eggs are really healthy, they get a bad rap, but as part of a, a heart healthy diet and a, and a mindful diet, Eggs are not a problem. They're really, really good for you, actually. What I would want you to have is like either two to three eggs or some egg whites in the morning. That would be a really, really good breakfast for you. But if you don't have time for that, because I know I don't always have time for that. If you don't have time for that, that's okay. What you can grab on the go that's nice and easy is a Greek yogurt. So fill your refrigerator with Greek yogurts, whatever flavor you like. My favorites, um, I like the uh, the Oikos Triple Zero. There's a lot of good options there that you can use. Any of the flavors are great for you. Uh, grab some easy fruit like berries, strawberries. I will buy strawberries. I will cut them. I'll put them in a container and I'll keep them in the fridge. And then I add a scoop to my yogurt. So put some berries in there. And then for me on maintenance, I like crunch. So I will add a quarter cup of a healthy natural granola. Now, not every granola is created equal. You want to make sure you're using something that is a healthy, natural, not sugar-laden granola. But there are some decent ones out there. And I'll just add literally the serving, one quarter cup. I don't dump until I think it looks good. I don't, you know, just add a big scoop. I measure it. But that gives me the sweetness, that gives me the crunch, that satisfies that craving that the sugar cereal would have had, you know, however, it does it in a way that I know I'm keeping with my goals. I'm keeping my body healthy. I'm eating something that's good for me. I'm not inundating my body with unhealthy things that are going to make me feel poorly and are going to sacrifice my goals of weight loss and, uh, you know, not having to live on a diet, but to eat in a healthy way where I can maintain my weight. So sugar-coated cereal, if you eat it, again, extreme moderation. For the most part, avoid, avoid, avoid. Last one. We're going to give you a cocktail on this one. The absolute worst cocktail that you can order is a white Russian. White Russians are made with vodka, Kahlua, and heavy cream, or sometimes half and half, but heavy cream is the usual. A white Russian, one, one white Russian has about 600 calories, 16 grams of sugar, and 15 grams of fat. That's one. 
So if you are going out for drinks and you have, let's say, three white Russians while you are there over the course of a couple hours, you literally just took in like 1800 calories and you took in tons of sugar and you took in tons of fat. That cocktail is really the recipe for, uh, you know, gaining weight, feeling really not wonderful. And the more of them that you're drinking, the more those calories are going to stack up. So if that's your go-to, you need to find a healthier alternative to that. I'll tell you that, well, alcohol in general is not wonderful for weight loss, especially because what it actually does is breaks down into sugar in its simplest form. So any alcohol does that. I would say the best options if you are going to have a drink are keeping to your tequila, your vodka, your gin, the clear liquors, something that doesn't have, um, you know, a lot of calories in it. If you mix them with something that's not like a sugary soda, like Coke or Sprite, but if you stick to more of like a, something that I'll do sometimes is a gin and tonic, but they even make tonic, believe it or not, that's done with stevia. I, I know that's, that's probably something you can't order at a bar, but if you're making it at home, they do have tonic in the grocery store. I found it at Wegmans that is stevia tonic. So a little bit of vodka, a little bit of that stevia based tonic and a twist of lime. And you've got yourself a really nice vodka tonic that tastes good. That is not going to cause too much trouble for your scale or also um, not going to pack on those grams of fat and grams of sugar. You're, you're going to be keeping in alignment with your weight loss goals. All right, guys, that is going to do it for today. I really appreciate you meeting with me and I want to wish you all a very, very happy Halloween. Uh, I hope that you stick to eating minimal candy. Keep your hands out of your kids' candy bags, guys. Remember, they did the work. They went trick-or-treating. Yeah, I know. You're you're owed, you're some of the dues because you helped them with the costumes. But you don't want too much. Stay out of the candy bowl. Make it a happy, healthy, safe Halloween. Have a wonderful week. And we are going to come back next week. And we're going to dive right back into some of our more uh, general topics. Next week, we're going to be talking about accountability. So next week, we will get right on that, how to keep yourself accountable to your goals. Looking forward to meeting with all of you then. I hope that you have a wonderful week and a very happy Halloween. Take care, guys. See you soon.